Jammer Sports, the voice of a dad nation. So, yeah, Shark, man. Uh, what a shitty Monday night, huh? I don't really know how else to kick this off. What a shitty, <laughs> shitty occurrence. Yeah, I, I. it's a couple days later we're recording this now, and, you know, usually we spend the majority of our show talking about football, and I, I, I'm struggling to think that that matters right now or that I have anything important to say about football. I, I'm it, having a very hard time with that. It's like I can't get myself back into football mode. No, and it's such an exciting time of year, and the playoffs are coming, and there's so many games, and, and I just keep kind of going back to, like, you know, yeah, we're, we always talk that we're getting older, and we're parents, and we try to be healthy, and, and morality is, you know, always there and present, but I've never potentially watched somebody just pass away on live TV before, and that's something that I keep thinking, like, we we watched that on Monday night, and they brought him back, but that's what we were watching. And I don't know how this to move goes, on from that. This goes down. I, I think it does. I think this joins the annals of history of like ultimate where were you moments. Yeah. Like obviously they're very different, but like uh, the hostage negotiations during the Olympics uh, back in the, what, the late 70s. Uh, then you're talking the malice at the palace. You remember where you were. Yep. It, it's certain things you just, it becomes part of like, oh yeah, I remember I was watching that, that football game where the dude had the heart attack. Yeah. Like and- that. And the fact that it was the Bills and the Bengals and it was, you know, potential home seat in the playoff implications and it two super fantasy lineups and it was fantasy championship week. Like, it's hard to joke about it being a perfect storm, but it truly was a perfect storm. Like, that was probably going to end up being the highest rated Monday night football game of the year. You know, what's even wilder when you think about it like this. If I had said to you 12 weeks ago that the week 17 last game that's going to decide the fantasy football championship, nobody will really give a shit about. <laughs> I mean, that's well, not... what, were the... what would you have said? You'd be like, no fucking way. That's like, you can't comprehend until it happened. I couldn't comprehend that. Like we are every fantasy league right now. Again, this is all inconsequential shit, but every fantasy league is like, okay, what do we do? Because this is not a thing that happens. Like, and not just, God forbid the actual, you know, what we're talking about with Hamlin, but games not playing, games not being played, and then people not caring. I mean, how many, you know, just you, you were in the championship in our one big league, and before the game was even called, you and, and your opponent were just like, hey, we're going to split the pot, and I don't really care. And like, that's it. It doesn't really matter now. You know yeah. what? Like, it took, it, I, I complain on this podcast to everybody every week about how fantasy football is not fun. Right. This took what non fun there was and removed even that from it. It really, and I don't even know how these guys go back and play this week. Like, how does Josh Allen, who clearly, clearly looked like he had gone through something himself watching that, how does that dude get ready to play this weekend? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you saw or listened to any of the interview with Joe Burrow yesterday. And he kind of alluded to that there's some Bengals players that are basically saying we might not play this weekend. And just like, I don't think that means the team's not going to play, but there's some dudes that are not sure they're going to be ready. And I feel like there was this transition in, in the sports brotherhood. I don't know if that's the right way to put it that we watched in real time Monday night, where you kind of just realized maybe all of these guys, they don't actually care about the game and, and they're in, they're here for each other and they care about each other. And it's probably always been that way, but as a viewer, they're just, they're just athletes. They're just people who I get mad at when they drop a pass and I'm playing fantasy football, but you saw the human side of it, and it, it's different now, forever, I think. 
Yeah, this really was a game changer. And I have to say, I, so watching it, I remember when they were like, yeah, they'll be back on in five minutes. And you mm-hmm. saw it like Joe Burrow warming up on the sideline. And it looked like, I mean, not to use a phrase like this, but it looked like he'd seen a ghost. Yeah. I mean, he he couldn't even focus. And it was like, how are these guys going to, these guys are going to get killed playing now. Yeah. And, they and, can't keep their head on straight. No. And, and that was it. I mean, I think we all were like, they're really going to play this game. And, and I don't know what the real story is with the NFL. I don't think that it's really our place to say. I don't think we have enough information. Did the NFL make the call to play it? Did the players mutiny? What happened? I don't know. But anyone who was watching that, you could just tell that there was no safe way for that game to proceed. No, and we'll never know for sure, but I'm going to, based off precedent alone, I bet you the NFL was pushing to play. Just based on everything I've seen out of them regarding player safety and players, it's never the priority. <laughs> like, uh, I, I, we yeah. talked last week about potentially making the helmets safer, and they're like, nah, fuck that. No, it looks stupid. We're not going to do that. No, I mean, I would agree. I don't – their precedent leads me to, to be cynical of them. I think in this case, I don't usually excuse the NFL, and I'm not going to, but I could understand how they may have even been swept up in the moment because they've never canceled a game mid-game before, to my knowledge. You know, no. so – yeah, no, yeah. Monday night was heavy. It was a mess. And you know what the difference is, though? Like, we're talking through, you and I were talking offline about some of the scarier injuries we've ever seen. Uh, ones we mentioned, the Dennis Bird injury, the Ryan Chazier injury, Antonio Brown, when he literally got his brain scrambled, which we've mm-hmm. mentioned on this podcast at least three or four times by now. Yeah. Uh, the, the Tua with the fingers. Like, these are things that stick out, but the guys always go back to play because I feel like there's inherently risk in football, which everyone's well aware of. And it's kind of the you know, that's the price. Like sometimes you're going to break your back. Sometimes you're going to get really hurt. Like it, but nobody ever expects somebody to have a heart attack on the field. No, somebody, I I think it was Kay Adams. I don't want to speak wrong, but somebody made the point the other day about how you always wait for the thumbs up. And no matter what happens, there's a head nod or a thumbs up or some kind of like, okay, they're going to be okay. And we move on. And I don't think anybody knows what to do when we didn't get that. That's, I think, when everybody lost it was nobody knew what to do. And yeah. you know who actually I feel really bad for and I'm worried about is T. Higgins. Uh, how devastating, like, obviously this is not the worst thing, like, for him. Like, it's not worse for him, obviously. But this is really, like, how do you wake up every like, – he must be thinking a thousand times if I would have just dropped that ball or if I would have just hit T- that dude differently or not tried to de- run him over, like – yeah, I, I I don't know because we you you sec I second guess everything right. That's just human mm-hmm. nature. It's like oh shit, if I hadn't dropped my keys, I wouldn't be stuck in this traffic. And like your mind is wired to think that way, but I've never done that in a life or death situation. I, I don't know how he recovers from that without a lot of help. I mean, the, the help is available. He he will yep. hopefully recover from that, but I don't know how he gets back on the field this week and catches that first pass and goes to get hit. I'm definitely ducking out the sidelines if he plays, but yeah, you know, one of the other things that caught my attention. So my wife happened to just come by like, as this was all happening and we're sitting there and we're watching this together. And it crossed my mind after when watching, showing me all the updates, yada, yada, yada. Uh, they showed T Higgins walking out of the locker room, like wrapped around his mom. Like yes. and this is the parent side. This is clearly us being dad nation. But like, when you start to think about it, like these kids are tw- in their twenties. It's, it's I terrifying. have that. Like 
every now and then you stop and think about that, right? You work in, you work from home, but you work in a corporate setting. I work in a corporate setting. Like when we hire 22, 23, 26 year old kids, I can't relate to them. I'm not that old. I'm 40, but like that's, I'm so far out of touch and they seem like such babies to me. Yeah. And then you start to think like some of those numbers I just mentioned are considered old in this game. That oh, these okay. guys aren't prepared for this because I'm not, and I'm way older than all of them. Yeah. No, it's absolutely an insane, devastating, and I don't know how they deal with it from here. I don't know what they do. I don't know what the NFL decides to do with this game. And honestly, with fantasy, I, <sighs> I mean, most leagues seem like they're splitting pots and calling it a day. I made a suggestion that we double down and do a week 18 second game combined. I don't know, man, who really cares? Yeah. I, I think you do what is every league does what's best yeah. for them. I mean, you guys kind of took money out of it and just said, do we want to play the game or do we not want to play the game? We've already split the pot. And I think that's the, the fairest way to go. And I don't think that you really, any other leagues should listen to advice from other people. You know, the 10 or 12 dudes you play with best and go from there. So on the brighter side of life, um, speaking of everything we just talked about, it's uh, time to focus on getting healthy. And I have to tell you, healthy New Year horror has set in on day four, <laughs> uh, day five. This is, I'm already like, what am I doing? <laughs> it, it's not fun. I've been hungry for three days. And <laughs> why do we do this? But also, I'm hungry, thank I'm God sober. Why, why do I do this? <laughs> yep, I'm five days without a drink. Yeah. And five days without an enjoyable meal. Yeah, <laughs> and... I'm not trying to be alone in this head hungry. <laughs> oh, exactly. I got when I'm happy and eating cheeseburgers and beers, I got bad thoughts yeah. going on. Now you deprive yeah. me of the good stuff. What, what, what I got going on for me now? No, yeah. man. I mean, ugh, we've been we've been we're both going on vacation in a couple of weeks, and yeah. so you got New Year's coupled with vacation, and it's in warm weather, and like. Everything is a perfect storm of, okay, just four, four weeks, suck it up and eat healthy and lose weight. I'm four days in. Is it really worth it? I'm not sure. I'm already having my doubts. I'm not going to get that skinny in four weeks. No, it's not going to change much. Honestly, <laughs> you know, we're going to see each other. I think you look great already. I haven't seen you in a while. I think you look great. You don't need to lose a pound. I appreciate uh, it. Right there. Right back at you. Yeah, but, <laughs> You're beautiful. You no, know, like, you know, but like my demons in my head, they, I keep them at bay with cheeseburgers and bourbon. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I was having a bad day at work yesterday and just like in my mind, I was like, well, screw it. When I'm done, I'm going out and I'm getting a bourbon and I'm, I'm, I'm eating something gluttonous and I didn't. And it just like, it added to the misery. And I know that it's just the first couple of days because I've done this before. We all have done this before. And I think the downfall is that I fall out of the habit eventually, especially in December, like we've talked about many times, but these first five or six days, it's they're the worst. I'm not looking forward to this weekend because that's going to be the hardest part. Yep. You can pass the time working and like make your way through the day. But all of a sudden, like sitting around Saturday afternoon, what am I going to not snack on things? I just like football <laughs> all day and cold weather and I'm going to eat healthy like this weekend. If check in on me Monday morning, that's when I'll tell you if this is working. Or yeah, not. We'll, we'll discuss how well this is going <laughs> next week. But, you know, it's like you think about it. Like when I think of football, I think of mozzarella sticks. I yep. think of burgers. I think of ribs. I don't think of like a salad with grilled chicken. <laughs> no, it just doesn't move the needle. Doesn't it's not a good snack food. No, it's not really working for me, man. So, like, so with that, how are you cooking now? Like, what what tools are you using? Because, like, I feel like it's not worth, like, you can't smoke a head of lettuce. 
No, I don't think that would be good. Although smoked romaine for a Caesar salad is actually really good, but not really something that I'm going to do very often. The time no. for the, the effort, <laughs> time for the result. I would just be so angry. No, it's, it's delicious. It's not a January 5th type of meal. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we're going boring and, and basic. And for me, boring and basic is, you know, usually just my cast iron skillet and, and a couple stovetop things. There's, I've got all the fancy kitchen toys, but there are a lot of things that people use this time of year that I just can't get down with. I'm not a slow cooker person. I'm not into all of these, you know, dump and go and well, look at this recipe. It's great. I don't think that stuff tastes good. And as much as we joke right now about how miserable we are, I'm still trying to cook good food. Well, yeah, that's some, <laughs> like we've talked about this before. Like we've cooked enough in our lives. It's not like we make shit. Like no. the food that we make is tasty. It's just not exciting. We are living on the air fryer that like are, it's too cold out for us to grill. We're trying to eat healthy with chicken or salmon or and stuff like that. So it's a quick in the air fryer. Um, but mm -hmm. I do have a, a dirty little secret to share that I don't know how it doesn't go over well when I've mentioned it in other settings. Uh, I hate the fucking slow cooker. I think it's stupid. It's... Everything tastes the same. It it blands down and, and dumbs down food. I, I don't understand chicken. You and I were talking earlier, and you're like, how does it shred chicken and also make it rubbery? But yeah. it does. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it does that. And the funny part is like, you could put totally different seasonings on it, and it all still tastes the same. It tastes the same. It can't thicken a liquid to save its life. So, like, there's people, there's recipes out there for, like, crockpot chowders and stuff like that. Like, uh, it just kind of, it doesn't. I don't know. No, I'm I'm right there with you. There's there's one or two places where I'm okay with a slow cooker, and it's mostly because I'm cooking for other people, and it, and that's their problem. But I can't get down with it for the most part. Wait, so let me ask you. So you're doing uh, doing that for people who are coming over. Did they invite themselves, or did you invite them? If you're rocking the slow cooker for them, if I'm rocking the slow cooker, more often than not, I'm sitting at home at two thirty with no plans for the rest of the day, and have gotten somebody who has invited themselves to dinner in a couple hours. And at that point in time, I, you know, my go-to for when we're having company is just order a pizza. I think that's everybody in America's go-to. Yep. But yep. if you give me three hours notice, I'm not going to spend $50 on you. Sorry. Especially if I've got some sausage in the freezer, a can of crushed tomatoes, onion and bell pepper. I'll throw that all in the crock pot and you kind of get some kind of conglomeration of sausage and pepper and onion type of item you get something and... <laughs> to throw on a roll <laughs> yeah exactly maybe i'll run out to the store and spend 2.99 on a decent hoagie roll that's about it that's what you get i think so. this i think this actually is crossing into our uh hierarchy conversation from uh previous <laughs> about like what order you get so like i guess people should know how you feel about them based on what they eat when they go to your house I, well, now that that's out of the bag, yeah, I have to change my strategy. <laughs> no, no, I, I disagree. I think you lean fully into it. I think you put it up on the sign on the wall. <laughs> like, you, you're you a crockpot guest. Sorry. Yeah, no, I did not break rules. out the smoker for you. Yeah, I, you know, them the rules. Or it's like you do it by like, if you if you invite yourself over or you give me less than three hours notice, crockpot. If you, yeah. <laughs> if you let, give me six hours notice, pizza. <laughs> There you go. I like that. No, I'm down with that. And it's the funny thing is, we're talking about the three less than three hours notice. That's when I use the slow kicker, cooker. So it's completely backwards from the point of that thing. Everybody raves about how you put it on your counter while you're working and you get a dinner eight hours later. I crank that shit to high and I cook something mediocre. Like it's just out of sight, out of mind. 
see you know now that we're saying like the only thing that i i'm okay with it in there and i'm not even a fan of it but i can live with it is like chili because chili yeah. just always tastes the same no matter what you put in it anyway so like it just kind of works but it just makes like i said it makes it rubbery and stringy somehow see and even then i don't necessarily cook it in there i will like if i'm having people over for football or whatever it is i'll cook the chili on the stovetop and then when I get it kind of where it should be and maybe it just needs to simmer for a little longer, then I'll throw it in the crock pot and then it can just sit there on the counter all day and people can eat whenever they want. Or I've done that with like frozen mini meatballs and marinara sauce and just, here you go. You can go make yourself a meatball hoagie whenever you want. It's there. Oh, better yet. Don't even get the hoagies. Just give people toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> here you go. Eat 87 meatballs. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> All of a sudden, Paul pops up. Uh, our buddy Paul pops up on knocks on the window. You can't say eighty-seven meatballs without him showing up. Yeah, so. without Paul showing up. So. <laughs> but yeah, the, the slow cooker is just like not what. Like seeing all these recipes online, it just doesn't do it for me. I, I find the uh, basically everything we're making now is salad, chicken, salmon, and I find myself like at night. It's like eight thirty at night. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go lay in bed and watch TV because if I'm down here, I'm gonna eat or drink something. Mm-hmm that's the hardest the hardest part for me has been the end of night it's not been you know dinner because last night i i put some nashville hot chicken seasoning on a chicken breast and i cooked it in a skillet and cooked uh, sauteed some asparagus and made a baked potato and that's a solid meal it's a really good meal but that's the last thing i eat for the day and and we talked about this a couple weeks ago but for the last 14 days at between eight and 10 o'clock at night, every night I've had one or two, you know, beers or whatever to drink and like 17 cookies. And now I don't get that sugar at night. And that's where I'm falling apart right now. Yeah, no, I mean, you're lacking about 600 calories right there that you're talking about. So it's like trying to figure out that replacement, but yeah, I'm just like, fuck it. I can't even be down here. No, got to get out, get out, get away from the pantry. Step away. Sit and stare at the wall. (laughs) It's the only healthy way. So a couple of days ago, I was just sitting around on the couch and scrolling through Instagram and, and came across a story from a friend of mine. That, Anyone have any good recommendations for food or things to do in Phoenix? That's all it said. I didn't know they were in Phoenix. I just thought, okay, they must be going at some point in time. So if you've watched Chef's Table on Netflix, they, they have a pizza series. And the first episode is on Bianca Pizzeria or Pizzeria Bianca, whatever it's called out in Phoenix, which is supposedly the best pizza in the world. So blindly, I said, yeah, this place. And that's about the extent that I thought of it. Next day, get a message. And she's like, hey, that pizza was amazing. But I got there and it took us three hours to get a table and another hour to get food. And it got me thinking, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know you were there. I just thought you wanted to know in case you ended up going there. Was I wrong? Was I supposed to when I sent them that recommendation say, hey, you should check out this place. Be forewarned. It's one of the most popular restaurants in America. And it's going to be crazy. Or in today's day and age, should she, she had to Google the address anyway. Should she have done a little bit of research on it? Uh, you know what? I was just going to say, she had to look it up to find the address. It's not like you sent her the address and told her like how to get an Uber there. Like, I, I feel like that's one of those things, like sending a recommendation to somebody. Because actually I was in Phoenix and saw that same thing we were talking about the chef table pizza the bianco joint right and the first thing that i did was look it up and it said long wait i was like oh okay i guess this isn't gonna work because i only had a few hours there um not looking and going in blind that's a 
ballsy move by your friend. Yeah, and 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 I mean, I I I don't know if you're listening, and if you are, I mean, we've talked, and she's totally good with it. She's like, the pizza was friggin' delicious. Yeah, and I heard totally, it totally good. She's like, she's not upset at all. She didn't say, hey, why didn't you warn me? So this isn't me like having a conversation about, oh, I can't believe that happened. It's just like. Where, where, what is my responsibility? Exactly. Is there recommendation etiquette? Uh, I think it's on the person. If I was, if I'm the czar of, uh, of, of recommendations, I'm going to say that I'm going to recommend that, uh, you have to do your own research. I, I like that. It makes, it lets me off the hook. I'm still going to feel bad because I'm the type of person that's just like, Oh, my bad. I, I made you wait three hours, but also you got the best pizza in America and I probably ate something boring and healthy. So yeah exactly but you know but it's still even when you get there and you see it's three hours you don't have to stay no well and that's what she's she's like we we were gonna leave but then i looked around and all these people were also waiting and they were talking excitedly about it she's like i I had to see what it was about she's like i was sucked in at that point that's another (laughs) that's another angle to it when you think about it like you know you see other people who are willing to wait three hours like shit this better be fucking yeah like like, like, there's something going on here and i need to find out then you got fear of missing out just sets in (laughs) yeah but no recommendations are a weird thing with people because it also you have to take into consideration who's making the recommendation right like I have certain buddies who um, I, the first thing they recommend, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out this weekend. Whereas I have other yeah. buddies who recommend something and I will purposely never watch it. It's like, no, oh, I think that's like fair. It? No way. And, and I like we've talked about food a lot. I, I feel like when people ask me for food recommendations a lot, I feel extra pressure on that because I went to culinary school. I like all I do is talk about and eat food glutton is delicious food so when somebody asks me for something i feel like i'm the person without being sounding you know big-headed right now i'm the person that they say oh kevin said go there we have to go (laughs) you hold yourself to a high standard i mean yeah but no there are but then there's also people like you know the people your friends with your shows or yourself you you give me great show recommendations all the time there's other people who take those recommendations but then they ignore them when they shouldn't. It's like you, you can't pass up good recommendations. <laughs> uh, funny you say that, actually. There's nobody in my life better at ignoring my good recommendations than my wife. If I suggest a show, if <laughs> she I suggest know. It, you would think so, because she always likes whatever we watch together. But, like, I'll suggest something here. So, perfect story. Uh, okay. I didn't want, even want to watch this movie, but I saw it. I was like, oh, she's going to love this. It was that Enola Holmes movie with the mm. – uh, what's her name from Stranger Things? Yep. Uh, yeah. So I saw that. I was like, oh, my wife's going to love this one. So I said to her, hey, honey, you should really check out this movie. You're going to really like it. And she's like, nah. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> All right, I tried. We'll like watch something else. Three weeks later, I walk in the room and she's like, oh, my God, you got to see this movie I'm watching. And I'm like, oh, what are you watching? She's like, Enola Holmes. I was like, huh. She's like, oh, one of my friends suggests. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you, you mean after me? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, you did suggest this one. I was like, yeah, see, you instant shoot down. And yeah. just you, three weeks it took you to see something that I knew you'd like. It's but tough. Recommendations are a tough thing. They're tough. I mean, that's a that's a recommendation and, and a spousal issue. I don't think, you know, half the time, I don't think my wife takes my interest seriously. She, she probably looks at everything <laughs> through some kind of lens where it's like, 
why is he recommending this? What, what does he get out of this? <laughs> yeah, what, what, yeah, what's the purpose here? <laughs> so uh, in that sense, I'll stick up for her, but also that's on her. And and maybe if she listened the first time, she would have enjoyed that movie three weeks earlier with you. You, you know, it's funny. I come to think they must think we have ulterior motives when in fact Always. we're not we're not actually smart enough to have I, ulterior motives. I can't think of two things at once. Like, come on. She knows I don't multitask. Like, yeah, no, no, not for me, sir. <laughs> if, if, you're, if I'm telling you to watch a show, it's because I want to watch that show. And I think you'll like it. The end. That's the extent of thought I give to anything like that. But yeah, there has to be some sort of system because like I said, like there are certain people who, if they make a recommendation to me about something, I'm all in. And other people, if they say it about the same thing, I'm like, nah, I don't really trust that one. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes on different topics. Well, it's, well, I mean, everything is turning into a hierarchy, but it's now the hierarchy of recommendations. Where do you tier the people in your life on certain things? You've got TV recommendation friends, you've got food recommendation friends, and if you're lucky, you've got one or two people that, no matter what they recommend, you know yep. it's going to be good. And those yep. are the people that you listen to. Yeah, that's the whole thing, is like knowing who to listen to about what topic. So now that we're saying that, how quickly does somebody, right, do you lose trusting somebody's recommendation? How many bad recommendations does it take? If I've never listened to them before, it's usually one, which is probably not fair. But if somebody's like, you've got to go check out this cheeseburger, and I drive across town and I wait 45 minutes and the thing tastes like a glorified Whopper, uh, what did you see there? And why am I going to give your – there's enough food and there's enough people recommending things for me to not give a second chance. And that may not be fair, but life's too short for me to be fair sometimes, especially for my stomach. Yep. I feel like for every five, so here I'm, I'm thinking this one out loud, but I think this should be how we, how we go. That when we're in charge of the rules for the world. Okay. Um, every five good recommendations, you get one strike. I think that's fair. So every five times you, you tell me something good, you can tell me something bad and I won't hold it against you. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, once you build in, like you build into your, your safety, your bank account, like I know Seth is going to tell me, you're gonna you're gonna give me good tv shows mm-hmm. when you recommend one that sucks i'm still gonna go back to that well if you yeah. if you do it a couple times in a row though i'm gonna begin to lose faith yeah you know what every five gets you one but if you do two in a row you're over yeah well i think shammerhead nation i think we need to hear from you guys what do you think is the right way to judge if somebody's a good recommendation or not we're gonna put this up on twitter later and we want to hear what you guys think uh send us your thoughts and uh we'll, we'll be curious to hear what we should make the new rules of the world for recommendations. So last thing, I mean, one, I, can we celebrate the fact that kids are back in school and they're oh not God, home yeah. anymore? Thank God. Hallelujah. Your kid had 18 days off. It's absolutely ridiculous. But we spent the majority of those eight, 18 days, we broke out my wife's old Nintendo Wii and bought Mario Kart for Christmas. We're not really a video game family. I was big into them when I was a kid. I was big into them in college. And then I kind of I fell off that train. But I got to laugh, man. My daughter, she's six years old. She got so into Mario Kart. She went really good, really fast. And all I kept thinking, I kept hearing my mom's voice in my head. You're playing that too much. Why are you doing that again? You should socialize. You should pay attention to your sister. Like, what? <laughs> what is happening? I turned into an old lady overnight. <laughs> uh, so two things to what you're saying. One, uh, did your kid have to go back for January 2nd? That no. First Monday? We oh, che- so- Wednesday the 4th. Oh, so they made our kids in New Jersey. They made all the kids go back on January 2nd. So it was like a parent holiday. That 
is wonderful. I was going to say, wait, isn't that a holiday? But no, that's great. Get, let them yeah, go to school it, when you're off. That's wonderful. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like every parent like didn't know what to do with themselves. We were all standing there like, what are we? This is amazing. Like I like, was going to go frolic in the park. No, well, I my, ended up wasting it. But you know, of course, that's, that's how, how that goes. goes. No, but my daughter had just not to before we get on to the next thing. My daughter had a half day on Friday, December 16th. She had 18 straight days off after that before going back on Wednesday to January 4th. She was in tears going to school on Wednesday morning because she's like, I don't want to go to school anymore. This has been way more fun. Like, that's too much time off. You can't do that to kids. Too much time off. Poor parents. No, but the other part that I was going to say that made me laugh is it's very much, you see why, like, I think it's progressive commercials or whatever about turning into your parents. (laughs) So, like, nail on the head. It's insane. Yeah. No, it, it, that's it. That's I just I was literally quoting my mom to my daughter after spending the first twenty five years of my life being like, "Well, I'm never going to be that parent. I'm never going to do that." Uh, and here that, I am. That's all I do is just uh, we just all turn into our parents. That that is the circle of life. There is no way to avoid that. It's just what it is. No, you definitely turn into your parents. So speaking from my perspective, I mean that sounds fun with the kids with the Mario Kart. I'm a big gamer still. I have PS Five. Right. I play nightly. I, I'm big into it. Uh, my kids' hands aren't big enough for the controller, and I selfishly just don't want to buy a Nintendo <laughs> for him to play yet. I'm like, just wait another <laughs> year. You'll play the PlayStation. It's fine. All the better games are on here anyway. Uh, I got the Simpsons arcade machine because I nice. thought it was a great idea to teach him about the Simpsons, my favorite show, and mm-hmm. have him play an arcade machine. So he plays the original one that we used to play back in arcades when we were growing up and loves it. Loves it. So that's his that's video fantastic. game coverage until... Uh, until he's big enough for the PS5. So how does that work with you? I mean, you sounds like you play it more at night after he goes to bed, but he knows that you have this thing that you love and that he can't play. Because I know if your kid's anything like mine, they just want to do everything that I do. How? What's that dynamic? Well, so I do play it. Uh, I have different games I can play at different times. So if he's hanging out with me and we're in the basement, I'll play video games and he'll hang out and he'll play with his toys. Sure. I have a... My basement has three TVs on the wall. So That's wonderful. Yeah, it's pretty awesome for football. But so with the three TVs, I could be playing video games on one and he could be watching TV on another. Okay. Um, so it, he'll hang out with me while we do that. And there are certain games I'll let him mess with me with. There's like this thing that comes with PlayStation called Asteroids Playroom. Really, like you learn how it works. So he does that a little bit. It's just hard for him to hold the controller. Um, in front of him, I'll play games like Madden or baseball or wrestling or UFC, stuff like that. Sure. Uh, Call of Duty, for example, I play at night when he goes to bed when I'm <laughs> shooting people in the face. Yeah, it's um, probably not the best show for him to watch. That, and there's like a zombie one I have. So playing that in front of him would just – he'd never sleep again. It wouldn't no. be worth it. No, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't know because, like I said, we don't play video games. So I've got my own things that I do that she can't do yet, but – that's such a that, to me that was such a parent and kid thing when I was a little bit younger. But I guess I never really gave thought to when we were six years old in 1990. The remote controls yeah. were easy enough for us to hold with the three total buttons on them. Well, there's that, and you also have to think about in 1990. It also wasn't online. There was only one TV really in the house that everybody was using. Right. It wasn't. So if there were video games going on, everyone was kind of around it. Whereas like you like had I said, to drag like, the wire out. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like I said, I have three TVs right here. I have more TVs on one wall in my basement than most people had growing up. So, like, not to – it's not a brag or anything. It's just, like, that's the way the world works now. 
Yeah. No, it's funny. We went over my father's house on um, New Year's Day and he got a Nintendo Switch for himself or, or my stepmom got it for him for Christmas and they got Mario Kart and we were all, he's got a theater room in the basement for like 80 inch TV, really sweet setup. And we were all playing, you know, my sister and my, my daughter and he looked over at me at one point and he's like, man, we used to do this 25 years ago. I never thought that this would be the same game we were playing next generation. It's crazy. How, <laughs> like, and so in that sense, the Nintendo's fun. Like uh, not to go on a sales pitch for the Nintendo for your son, because it's expensive as hell. It's fun. It's a yeah. good family game. I've cro- it's crossed my mind a couple of times and I keep being like, ah, maybe. And like, he's going to break me down and I'll probably end up doing it. I'm just trying to hold that until until his hands are big enough, but right. for the PlayStation controller, but I, I'm sure I'll end up breaking. Because also, like, the same way, I was joking around uh, with the wife about this, you know, when we first had the kid, she's like, well, what are you going to do if he wants a dog? And I'm like, we're going to get a fucking dog, because of course <laughs> I want one too. Like, how can I say no? <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is the very same thing. Like, I, I worry, like, as he's growing up, he'll be a gamer, because every time he sees something cool, his dad will have already bought it for himself. Yep. <laughs> he's like, oh, cool, dad already got it. I got this. This is great. It's mine now. No, that's, yeah. that's great. It's a it's a tough thing to figure out with them because it's also like, well, I want it. Why am I going to say no? Like, oh yeah, I don't know how to say no as much as I should because I want toys myself, and I and I buy toys, and we're lucky enough to to be able to afford a lot of those things. I don't want my kid to not have video games. I just want her to do her homework first. That's all. Yeah, that's literally it. Just, <laughs> just do the shit you got to do, so I don't have to hear from your like. It's the it's the circle of like I don't want to hear it. Like the kid doesn't kid needs to do what they need to do so that the teacher doesn't get annoyed with them who goes mm-hmm. home and they're annoyed with their family and the teacher tells us and we're annoyed and the kids annoyed. Like, oh, just, I, do your shit. Yeah, I, I'm completely motivated by not having my wife say I told you so. Like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my entire existence right now because it's not that she was against it, but she didn't have video games at all growing up. I was like, it's harmless. It'll be fine. We're, it's not. She's not going to play it all the time and blah blah blah. So I'm just waiting. It's coming. You got to make it a reward. I think that's the thing you do. I think you do like yeah. you can earn minutes on it. Yep. I think yeah, that's we, the we set the ground rules. Homework first, and but we'll see. But then the hard part, like you're like, fuck it, I want to play. Like, why am I turning well, it off? Like, yeah, I get I get done with work at seven o'clock at night. I finish cooking dinner and cleaning up. I would like to play ten minutes of Mario Kart with my daughter, and she's already played too much. Uh, we'll figure it out. Oh, that'll be great too. And you're like, what? I already did my homework. <laughs> yeah, I, I did my homework for the last eleven hours. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough to figure out, like. I feel like our parents' generation and previous ones were more adult than we are. I, I think feel so. Like I don't think I'm an adult. And maybe they just baked it better. But I don't know. I just feel like I'm like a large child raising a child. I think it's the, I think they had less to deal with, which is probably not true at all. It's probably all in my head that they did. But, uh, you know, you're talking about it was Sega. And it was NHL 94 and Sonic the Hedgehog. Like Those were the games I played. And that's about it. And there was no online and this added level of worry. But then the other side of it is I was reading something and somebody made a wonderful point, which I will completely butcher, where they said to what we do best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, you know, stick around for some more of that. Um, freshman in high school and he looked up to the seniors in high school and it's like, oh, they're so old and they're they're so mature and blah, blah, blah. It's like and then I became a senior and I didn't feel the same way. And I realized it was because I was viewing those seniors from when I was a freshman through my 15-year-old brain. And it's literally impossible to view an 18-year-old 
that you met at 15 through your 18 year old brain. So we can never look at our parents at 40 years old and think, oh yeah, we're the same maturity as they are. We probably are. Yeah, but in our true. minds, we were 10 when they were 40 and they just seemed so old and so out of this world. Yeah, it just seemed like they had their shit together. Yeah. I just feel like I, I'm holding everything together with like duct tape. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> making this. Like I'm just hoping to make it to day four with eating healthy. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like trying to just, I just got to eat a fucking salad tonight, man. Yeah, that's it. Don't have a cookie. You can do it. I got it. I believe in you. Uh, and then we'll check back next week, everybody, about the Cookie Chronicles and see where we ended up. So Yeah, I'll let you know how my cheeseburger on Sunday night is. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, always a pleasure. And we'll see you guys on the flip side. And if you guys have made it this far, thanks for listening to Shark and the Hammer with Shammer Sports. Uh, we rely on word of mouth for this. So if you'd like to tell your friends, share it, subscribe to our podcast anywhere, Apple, Spotify, give us five stars. We are the voice of a dad nation. Come listen to us. We want to be here. We want to talk to you about what's going on. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.